You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the games edition. A gaming podcast for people who want honest opinions by freaks with nothing better to do with their time. Here's Roger and his crew. Well, I basically found out that there's going to be some that I'm just point like not going to be able to get. Because you have to do PvP. And oh. I just... There's, I'm just not going to be able to do it. Not because I can't PvP. I mean, I can. And I know my character's abilities pretty well inside and out because I've concentrated mainly on the one. Um, it's just that you have to put in a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Or you can buy the tokens or whatever they're called, the, the coins, to be able to gain your rep. But then you're looking at it taking forever to buy all the coins as well. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research. It's a little bit more complicated. And... uh and see, because, man, I'd love to be able to get... Because the last thing, if you have all your points, is freaking the the fire gloves. Look at those babies. Isn't that awesome? Oh. I don't care as much about the spider. I mean, spider's all well and good. Hey, get back over here. Come here, come here. I lost it. <laughs> oh, no. There. But, I mean, look at those freaking gloves. That is sweet. Somebody in... Because my character is still in the guild that she was in like forever ago. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't log in for like a freaking year and they didn't kick me out of the guild. But they were super nice people. And um, one of the guys, especially, very helpful. Like he'd helped me before when I was leveling my, my warrior monk. And, uh, and of course, he's got all of the points. Like this dude is insane <laughs> what he can do. And it's like, damn. So I'm going to see if I can recruit him to help me get some of this stuff because I know I'll probably never get the gloves, but that's too bad because look at them. Those suckers are pimp. And then, but I did get the fire sword. I unlocked that. So that's not bad. I'm all right with that. And then I unlocked. So why did you make a character that can use a sword? I'll, I'll go out of my way to make one that can use a sword. And then I got th- this other gear, so that's kind of cool. So I'll be able to wear that. And then I'm looking at, like, I know that there's stuff that I'm definitely going to be able to unlock. So there's things like the shield that I'm going to be able to unlock and the dagger and stuff like that. So I know that there's going to be a lot of stuff um, that I'll be able to get. What do you mean you got the sword the old-fashioned way, Hoogs? I'm talking about Guild Wars 2. It's not even out. He means the old-fashioned way. <laughs> He doesn't know what that means. (laughs) So, but there's a bunch of stuff I would love to get also because I plan on having a ranger. I would love to get at least up to here where you can have your raven companion be a white, an albino raven versus just the the black ones. That'd be sweet. Just have something different because everybody's going to have the same freaking pets. No, no, it's not. It's going to be uh, basically bonus items, non-entity, same as right now if you bought the um, the collector's edition, say, of Guild Wars or the expansions, then you get bonus items. And then while you're in-game, you just type slash bonus and those items are dumped into your, your bag. So this is going to be the same way where it'll be applied to your account so that anytime you create a new tune, you just slash bonus or whatever it'll be for for Guild Wars 2, although I think they'll probably keep it the same. And then, boom, that stuff appears in your bag. So, again, it's 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 going to depend whether or not these are mainly cosmetic or whether they're actually going to have some practical use. 
because it's not really defined how good it's going to be. I mean, if you look at some of the bonuses that we've gotten in other collector's editions and things like that, really, they're, they're kind of useless. And that's something that the, the devs sometimes will even come right out and tell you that it's just for show because they don't want it to be something that gives you an edge over everybody else. But I disagree. If you're busting your butt for something like this, especially for this one, this isn't you buying your way into a collector's edition that you should have some some bonuses. This is you worked your butt off in the first Guild Wars that the bonuses that you get in for, for doing that should actually be quite good. So I would really like to, uh, to know more about these stats. I'm going to contact them. Screw it. If you're listening, ArenaNet, expect an email soon. Because I want to know. Because these are freaking awesome. And and like I said, I've been working pretty hard here. Like, just to get up to where I am, I used a lot of the points here, which are the devotion ones, which are to get your, your mini pets. God damn. Dude, you know how many freaking mini pets you need to be... <laughs> Like you need 50 mini pets to be able to, to get all the points in this alone. I'm at like what? 29, I believe. Um, so I still got like a while to go. I still, yeah, I'm at 29. So yeah, it's freaking hard. And then what happens though, is that they're making it more difficult because if you are putting, you're essentially putting your, your mini pets on display in the Hall of Monuments. But then once you do that, you can no longer trade them with other people. They're yours. So as everybody's doing the same here, then you really are, or you can't get their, theirs. And it's it's trading mini pets now is, oh, you can make yourself a damn good coin trading mini pets right now in Guild Wars 1. And um, so anyway, so there's a bunch of stuff, a bunch of outfits you have to have as well. It's really... There's a lot to it, but I've been having fun. And what's funny is that you pop in Guild Wars right now, it's like full of people everywhere. There's like people out the wazoo and they're having a blast. And it feels like when the game kind of originally came out, when because when the game originally came out, and for quite a while afterwards too, there were a lot of people playing. And it's a way, way different group of people who play Guild Wars, then wow. Oh my God, is it ever different? And in a positive way, not to slam most of the wow folks, but well, you know what I mean. So here you're getting a lot of, of like the guild case in point that I'm in, very mature guilds, great group of people that you can chat with and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, so there's like a lot of, you got to buy different outfits and things like that for, for these achievements. And, um, that's actually, there's, I, I put a post up on the site as well. They're, they've got new costumes up, Halloween costumes. And what's funny is that I'd been reading comments from other people because they're saying like, what's the point of buying costumes for this game when the other one's coming out next year? And there's enough people playing it right now. And that are going to be playing it still for months up until Guild Wars Two's come, Guild War Two comes out. That it's actually worth it. I mean, it's six ninety nine or nine ninety nine, and it's not like you're paying a monthly fee anyways. So I'm actually considering buying this Raiment one, Raiment of the Lich, because look at it, dude, freaking sweet. Yeah, like it would be, uh, what the hell was the the name of the character class I was using? The Dervish would look awesome wearing that. Oh yeah, I've got uh, a female warrior, uh, warrior monk. And so I saw that and I went, oh yeah, but the pumpkin, uh, mm. I can't, you can't wear that anytime, but this, this is an everyday costume. This is black and white or er, black and red with the wings. You can wear that anytime of the year. 
play, and imagine that playing as a dervish wielding a giant scythe. That would be freaking awesome. Oh, it would actually. Yeah, it would. <laughs> so, and I love the, the way they do the costumes in Guild Wars. Again, there's a lot of things that I, I really love about the original that I'm hoping they will carry through with uh, Guild Wars 2. So anyways, yeah, I'm still working on it. For anybody who is still playing Guild Wars 1 and would like to group at a, up at any point or, or help each other with um, with different quests or missions or whatever in order to be able to complete more of these points for our hollow monuments look me up go to the forums actually and in the uh pc forums you will see a thread that i started up specifically for um guild wars and it's a guild wars hollow monuments reward calculator so yeah go in there if you'd like to join up with me and uh we can definitely have some fun. Before we get into the BlizzCon news, because obviously we're going to be discussing that, I thought it'd be funny just to very quickly touch on this. Because Square Enix is officially apologizing <sighs> for Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> 14. The game is out how long? It hasn't even been a full month yet, has it? And they're apologizing for it already. What did you think of this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sort of ties into our discussion that we had last week about uh, how how they were expanding upon the, the free trial period, giving just about everybody another month, and just realizing that their game was not ready for market yet. <laughs> and it's hilarious that they, they, they talk about Oh, the, we, we feel we have a good core game and, you know, we made some mistakes. Listen, your meta score is 50. When you have a meta score of 50, you don't have a good core game. I, I, I've played some crappy games in my lifetime and still had fun with them. Final Fantasy 14 is impossible to have fun with because the basic interface is broken. And that right there destroys any interest I have in the game. I can deal with clunky combat. I can deal with stupid crafting. If, you know, if I can actually play the game to enjoy the bits that I do like, I'm okay with it. But having this busted UI that might be somewhat acceptable on PlayStation, but has no place at all on a PC game, that, that, that killed it for me right there. And, oh, there's so much potential that they can add onto the game. That's true. But the all comes down to the core mechanics of the actual game itself. And right now, that isn't there for this game. We've seen a lot of games where it didn't come out quite strong enough, but that core mechanics of the game was strong enough that when you're thinking in terms of what the game, the potential then for the game down the road, you're willing to give it a little bit more leeway. And uh, I mean, I... As much as I hate to say it, I still kind of feel a little about that, about uh, Ion. This, that I knew way. you were going to say I that. I know, but it's uh, I haven't started back again. I haven't, but yeah, I still we never quite carried do, through on that. Yeah, one. <laughs> I still do. There's there's hope that I because I I do see the potential. There are certain things that yes were point blank broken in my opinion, in our opinion, and things that were not good. However, there was still enough that I think that the potential was there for it to eventually become something that we could really enjoy. And I think it, it's probably still there. Although from what I've been reading, the game has changed a lot now too since the last big patch, wherein it's becoming a lot more of a um, 
a, a snob mentality in terms of who gets to go with who during what groups and things like that. I mean, if you think it's bad with WoW right now in terms of you have to post your gear score to be able to get into an instance, that's nothing compared to what they're doing in Ion right now. And I'm not quite sure why it's gotten to that point, but from what I've been reading, it kind of has. But we're not going to talk about Ion too much anyways. So yeah, that was basically it with Final Fantasy XIV. I just thought it was hilarious that they're apologizing this soon after the gate. Well, the the article did raise a good point of if the PC version is having this many issues, what are the odds of the PS3 version being further delayed? Because it was originally supposed to come out the same time as the PC version, and they delayed it, you know, blaming Sony's hardware and its memory issues when they can't even optimize it for a PC, which is the easiest thing in the world compared to the PlayStation 3. So if they couldn't even get the PC version working right, what are the odds that the PS3 version is going to be properly functional upon their target release date? Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, it would have to go through a lot of changes and revisions, which will also have to be done on the PC version so that it's actually balanced as well. So when you're looking at um, just the, the scope of what would have to be changed, that's pretty huge. Like, I mean, I and the, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is, OK, if they have to do that many changes for the PS3 version and then it still is not doing that well in terms of subscriptions by that time or even within the next few months even is it worth pumping that many dollars into the PS3 version knowing that you're not going to get much on your return so I would not be surprised if the um, the PC version doesn't get a substanti- substantial change in terms of patches to fix as much as they can. And then whether it's a discount or incentives to get people to subscribe again or for new, uh, for reals. And I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they actually scrapped the PS3 version. I, that would be a huge mistake because I actually... I got to say a a large portion of the Final Fantasy 14 player base is going to be on PS3 just because a Final Fantasy and consoles go hand in hand and B the the system requirements on the PC end are are so outrageous. People are just going to want to play it on PS3. Like I said, my computer, not phenomenal, not going to not going to melt the world, but it runs games. Well, it runs. Wow. Perfectly. It ran Ion at medium high settings like I have like like we were talking in the pre-show, you know, my my system is more geared for MMOs, lots of memory, things load quickly. And Final Fantasy 14 was running at 12 frames per second, standing still in a city with no players around me. So just by by the fact that for a lot of people, the PC version is horribly unoptimized. Canceling the PS3 version would be the final nail in the coffin for this game. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's move away from there now. So let's talk about BlizzCon then. Now, neither of us actually made it out there. And I don't know if you changed your mind, but I actually didn't pick up the virtual ticket either. No, not at all. It's Especially since I was working all day Friday, not even remotely worth it. Yeah, see, I... I really considered it, but then the even the demo feed wasn't working properly on Friday morning. And so I started thinking, eh. And then having seen what was going on um, early on after the opening ceremony and nothing big 
was announced and they said, that's it. We're not announcing anything more during BlizzCon. No surprise kind of, oh, let's talk about the new IP. I was kind of happy that I hadn't bothered to get it. And I know that a lot of people who actually went to BlizzCon, and I'm sure we'll hear this from Joe too, it is an, an event. So when you're, it's it's about being there. It's about interacting with all the people, getting to actually, you know, sit down and play the new things or to talk to Metzen or whoever. I mean, so that is a huge aspect of what makes it successful. However, it also has to have enough good news and whatnot that it's worthwhile for everybody in terms of, again, getting news out about whatever your games are or whatever. I was actually kind of disappointed with this BlizzCon in terms of, what was the the news that we got? Well, I, I'm not. Um, honestly, I actually got more than I was expecting out of this BlizzCon. I, I just wasn't expecting much of anything at all. Like we we already had the big Cataclysm cinematic before BlizzCon, and like I thought that was going to be their selling point at the BlizzCon. I wasn't expecting anything from the new IP this year. Um, and then just with Diablo, I was expecting the new character class but they they also threw out a lot of other stuff i wasn't expecting but seeing as my expectations were so low <laughs> for this year's blizzcon i wasn't disappointed right see i was actually hoping for more um i was hoping that i knew that we wouldn't be getting a lot of information new information i should say about cataclysm because basically they'd covered so much of it already um so they'd be given finer points about a lot of different things but there wouldn't be any earth shattering <laughs> pun intended um news that was given kind of thing and then for starcraft i knew that they'd be given some information but again it's not like they're going to be giving us a ton of information for the next part of it because what we've been hearing lately is that's not already all that's not all defined yet anyways and be next year's blizzcon yeah and so I knew that we'd be getting a lot of Diablo, or I should say, we. I figured we'd be getting a lot of Diablo. Yes, we got some Diablo news and we got a lot of information in terms of uh, through their, their question and answer panel and whatnot in terms of the certain specifics, but it really wasn't a ton of information given. And the impression that you got was still that this game is still far from release. I mean, they've said they're past the halfway mark. But the halfway mark from what point? Because <laughs> D2 was over 10 years ago and some reports said they'd started working on D3 immediately thereafter. Now, I'm not suggesting that long, but I don't see this in 2011 by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, well, I mean, you compare BlizzCon to other conventions. I mean, BlizzCon, it's one company. They only have so many games they can talk about. And they planned their convention around their release schedule not the other way around so okay starcraft 2 came out nothing else to talk about there i mean like you said there's nothing coming up for cataclysm that we haven't really already seen nothing much to talk about there i mean it's not like comic-con or e3 where the timing of the conventions lines up with the timing of their planned releases and they can save everything up for the big announcements i mean would you have been happy if uh Blizzard hadn't said anything at all about Cataclysm until now just to make BlizzCon that much more impactful? No, but I think that they could have held on to some things. Um, the cinematic would have been a would have been a big win. But again, I'm thinking that was purely economics uh, to sell more virtual tickets. And I, I think that they could have still kept something in their back pocket, something so that there would have been, you know, 
I don't know, something more, something that they, they did a good job hanging on to and not letting anybody talk about. But there was nothing really extraordinary. I mean, it, it, every, there's a lot of things that we heard that are, are cool that for damn sure, but nothing that makes you kind of stop and be amazed and kind of like, whoa, this is going to be cool. And I didn't know about that kind of thing. And so that was a little disappointing. And then I would have liked to have seen something regarding the new IP. And I, I just don't think it's far enough along yet to really talk about it. And they, with Cataclysm right around the corner, I don't think they really want to overshadow it that much. But again, I think that when you're looking at how much people are spending for these tickets, and I'm not talking about the virtual ones, but the people who actually flew down for this, it would have been if I would have flown down for this. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not a cheap bastard. I, I mean, but I didn't go because I can't justify the cost of the flight, the cost of the hotel, and then the what I consider to be expensive tickets. Now, I know that they've recently said that it, this cost them a million bucks, and but it was all right because it was advertising, and it's they feel it's better to do this than to advertise in, say, magazines or, or through commercials. But they can afford to lose a million bucks, and other companies are spending that much, if not more, on advertising other types of advertising, which these guys don't. So frankly, I mean, that's not a big deal. Um, I think that considering the cost of going there and then delivering something like this, that essentially then boils down to just being a way cool meetup for all of your, Mm -hmm. your, your buddies, your online buddies. um, That's spending a lot to be able to go and sit down and shoot the shit with your guildies. So again, I know that there's a lot of people that would disagree with me in terms of the, those that were there and the whole atmosphere takes you over. But when you look at it and you take a step back at what was presented, I think that, We've seen a lot more powerful BlizzCons in the past, and this one certainly didn't have as much. Again, there was there was some cool stuff, and I really did love the, the Demon Hunter announcement. We'll get into that a little later on, and I, I, I love that. I, I, I That's going to probably be my class. So it's not that I was um, disappointed so much by what was given, but that there wasn't more and more that was way cool. Now, enough of that, though, and let's actually start talking about some of what we found out. And we'll go through first some of the World of Warcraft stuff, and then we'll move on to StarCraft, and then we'll get on to uh, Diablo 3. So in terms of the Warcraft uh, question and answer, there was a lot of stuff here that we got information on. I'm actually going to go to you first and see what was some of the information that was given that you found to be the most important. Uh, which one are we talking about here? The class Q&A or... Let's just start with overall. the Q&A and then we'll move on okay. to the class and then to the raid stuff after. All right. Well, I, I really liked how, the, how they're continuing to emphasize crowd control as an old school hunter and even warlock crowd control was something I took a lot of pride in way back when, when it actually mattered. So when they continue to emphasize that it's going to be more important coming up in Cataclysm, I, I really love that. And um, um, well, actually, just to talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Now, you actually haven't been playing as much lately, but you've been backseating <laughs> your girlfriend. Um, what class does she play? Uh, primarily elemental shaman with a side of uh, death knight, occasionally warlock or hunter. So she's basically just a DPS all the way. Yeah, but oh. I, I, I did teach her how to chain trap back in Karazhan. That, that was a happy moment. <laughs> see, what I'm seeing here is that, um, see, I I actually respect my um, my feral kitty to a bear 
because feral cats are still a joke. And so um, Aaron's was actually saying that he was tired of some of the pugs he's been running because he's healing them. And I said, you know what? I'll respect as bear. And then at least we can do some stuff where he's healing me. So we got tank and healer and DPS can basically just go screw themselves if they pull too much aggro. And um, but what I've been doing is I've been running a ton of heroics on her right now as bear tank. And I mean, she's decked out to the hilts now. She's doing really well and got tons of stamina. It's not like my life is going down anywhere, but they have nerfed tanking so much right now. And I've been hearing the same thing from warriors as well as, as uh, paladins and death knights. They've, ta- they've nerfed you so much that it is so hard to hold aggro right now that, because they want us to go back to the way it used to be where DPS actually paid attention and didn't just go in and blow all their cooldowns in the first second of a fight. Um, the That it's like literally I can't hold aggro for the most part. And I have to keep telling people, listen, tanking isn't the same as before anymore. You got to wait. DPS doesn't want to hear that anymore. So they've set themselves up now. We're in for years. They've said, okay, this is how you're going to DPS now. Just go and Kill the shit out of everything. Just blow all your cooldowns. Have fun. Tanks well, can be able to hold it. And now all of a sudden they're going, ha no, we've changed our minds and it ain't working. I'm not liking this shit. I got to tell you as a tank, I'm really not enjoying it. Well, and it's it's something that we're, we're going to see play out as we get closer to 85 because it actually brings me to the next point that I was really interested in and them talking about how they're trying to get away from the burst style of DPS and lead more to, you know, the slow ramp up where, OK, you, you fire off some skills and the longer you're actively in combat, you know, the more procs and self buffs and stuff go off that you get steadily more powerful as the battle goes on. You can't just walk in, blow something up and, and OK, you're done. Like the, like the reason this caught my eyes because it was really talked about in reference to the enhancement shaman, which is what my primary class is going to be in Cataclysm. And that's absolutely true. An enhancement shaman can't just walk in, hit every button they have and, and own something. No, you have to wait for, you know, your, your crit procs and, and your storm strike debuffs and, and this stuff to all add up together before you're really getting the full bore of your DPS and, and how they're talking about a movement is going to be so much more important. You can't just stand there and kill crap. You have to be running around and how certain classes, the ones that have the most burst ability look such as uh, rogues and mages and stuff like that don't have the ability to fight while they're on the run. So it's a good balance between the burst classes and the slower classes that, Hey, an enhancement shaman, they can earth shock or they can uh, instant lightning bolt, uh, unleash a weapon, all, all the stuff they have that they can do while they're on the move that the more bursty classes can't. I think it's really cool balance to the gameplay that's really starting to differentiate the DPS classes more than they have been over the past couple of years. The only problem that I see with that is the fact that then you have classes, DPS classes and builds that are able to do insane burst damage and then others that are ramping up. The ones that can do the insane burst damage aren't going to change their play styles to accommodate for the less, uh, the, the aggro issues, the threat issues that tanks are seeing right now and will continue to see in well into Cataclysm. Oh, they'll that change it when they start seeing their repair bills. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But for until then, and even then, it's always going to be the tank's fault that they could not hold aggro. So to me, that's just an annoyance. It's it's a pain in the ass. And I have tried now to be talking to the groups as I'm going in. And I can say that the percentage of DPS that actually have listened, and it's not that I don't know how to tank them. I, I mean, I used to 
main tank in vanilla on on her so i it's you know not that much has changed that i can't figure it out and i did um it's still i mean i had case in point one of the the randoms because the hunter was too stupid to realize he should turn growl off of his pet the wolf stole aggro from me and i had three lacerates a fairy fire and a demoralizing roar on the mob and i was hitting him and the wolf stole aggro that's when there's a problem that's no longer a, a problem wherein you've got burst DPS that is um, making it tougher for the tank. That's point blank a, a, a programming problem that a wolf can take <laughs> yeah. threat away from a fully decked out bear that's got threat on the boss. Yeah, a, a beast master hunter with a fully specked out tenacity pet. I can see that, but a wolf. Eh. Yeah. So, OK, let's move on. What else did you see that you really liked? Uh, I, I liked some of the teases of where things are going in the future, talking about the Emerald Dream and the Emerald Nightmare, uh, not any direct plans, but they are plans <laughs> confirming that, yes, uh, we will be going back to them, as well as the nice little tease that, hey, might be going back to Karazhan at level 85. Who didn't love Karazhan? It was such an atmospheric instance, uh, one of the fan favorites of all time. Yeah, I liked it the first few times. And then after that, well, it, yeah. it really and grows old anything. after a few months. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think enough time has passed. The wounds are healed that, yeah, it'd be fun to go back. And anything else? Uh, just, you know, the funny stuff um, when they're trying to come up with the Alliance battle cry and the best they come oh, yeah. up with was have mercy. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you had to define that we'll keep trying yeah. wasn't a battle cry. <laughs> <laughs> but. What, what is with people and the dances? Uh, why do they care so much My about the dance? God, yeah. there was a ton of that. And I was I, I was thinking the same thing. Frankly, I know I'd that they probably make another instance than a than dance. A dance yeah. yeah, really. I, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't too done. So actually, there was a lot of questions that were tossed out that this is something that we saw on Twitter as well, where people that were there was like, were thinking, OK, enough of that. They've got to start moderating some of these questions because it's, you know, when when you've got. Uh, somebody who's saying that they should slap boobs on a moonkin. I mean, really, that's <laughs> yeah. Case in point, you you could make the moonkin curvier with boobs. That's when you know. Yeah, start moderating the questions, people. Um, there was some interesting information in the Q and A, although because it was again, I there were a lot of things that were point blank stupid. stupid questions that it wasn't worth my time to like I, I followed it for a while and then I just waited and I read through it afterwards like when they're talking about female druid, druid forums I don't care about that I I mean really that that doesn't matter when they're talking about some of the the women were upset that the Warcraft the strong women in Warcraft look like they've stepped out of it of a Victoria's Secret catalog I'm thinking have you played a fantasy game lately? Really? This is, have you read a comic book? Have you, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry. But the, the same could be said of the guys that look like they're popping steroids. That's not what men look like. All right. So get over it. Um, so there was a lot of stuff like that, that I really had very little use for. Um, I like the little things where they were talking about um, things like guild. Um, uh, where was it? Merging guilds and things like that if they're ever planning on doing something like that, because I've actually been in guilds that had to merge and nothing will kill a guild faster than actually merging because not fun at all. They don't actually, most of the people won't even bother merging into the new one. And then you've got all the problems with the officer levels and things like that when you're going in. So little things like that, which of course they're talking, no, not really. Um, what else did I see here that I liked? I like some of the information in terms of the, do, 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 I'm trying to find it. God damn it. I can't find it. 
Um, some of the talentry stuff that they were talking about as well, because they were talking about, uh, which is something that I'd figured out as well, going through all the talentries before, as well as once the patch hit with all of my, my alts, my mini alts, wherein you are forced now to take talents that otherwise would have been considered to be pvp talents but you're pretty much forced to take them because there's no other choice and the way that they justified that was to say that it's more about those talents taking some pressure off of your healer so some of the talents that you take as a dps for example isn't they're not all going to be about making you the best dps you can be some of them are going to be about survivability so you actually have some responsibility versus it all falling on the healer's hands i really like that actually i think that's that's actually quite cool and i'm glad that they brought that out hey stupid rogue you have the survival ability for a reason click it yeah okay, <laughs> and then when, when, they, when they were talking about uh the mage how mages used to spec into both frost and fire uh, you saw a lot of those with the death knights and how you can't do those weird little multi-tree builds anymore and their response was great yeah you're right we did take away some of the ways for people to gimp themselves yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move away from there and talk about some of the class changes that were announced. Anything shoot out at you? Uh, not particularly because nobody asked any questions about the classes I care about. <laughs> Although I, I am interested in the holy power mechanic. I used to play Paladin. It's a possibility for something I'll play again. And, and just the whole reasoning behind it. Like They didn't just want to, oh, okay, we gave warlocks a cookie. We gave hunters a cookie. Paladins, hit. Have a cookie and how there was a philosophy behind it, because before playing a paladin was just staring at your action bar, waiting for something to come off cooldown and hit the button and waiting for something else to come off cooldown and hit the button. And like they said, it was whack-a-mole. Well, now they have to actually manage this other resource now, and it, it, it does make paladin more interesting because, God, no matter what spec of paladin you played, it was the boring freaking exper boringest oh, yeah. experience ever. Even tanking on a paladin was boring. One, three, two one four two it's like oh my god <laughs> yeah no i no i've 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 tried leveling a few i've gotten them up to uh just past 40 and never won past that because quite frankly i, I lose interest um it was uh the, i i don't find they actually had that that much information on classes they they talked yet again uh, for hunters about the um, the minimum rage that is required and how that's the only class where you're seeing that however their answer was good in terms of saying a it's something for that class and it's something that they wanted to make that has to remain it has to remain something different which is something that i like because they've gone out of their way to amalgamate so many of the classes so that they are the same so yes this is something that hurts you but guess what it's something about your class and then what they were saying too is that to to uh, to to kind of balance from that you're able to shoot while you're moving you, you a rogue can't do that a mage can't do that so there you go so it is something that is staying in there um what else druid side of thing they were talking about the how the new spells you basically have to figure out what's the best way to use them they, they, they were talking about the wild mushrooms um and basically that the, not everybody has figured out the best way to use the abilities that have been put in that are in beta yet. And so they're keeping an eye on it to see as people are trying different things to, to see what is the most effective way of using those new abilities. So yeah, I don't know. I've really not that 
interested in wild mushroom <laughs> myself um but we'll see once it actually comes out and i get to mess around with it but no i really didn't think that there was a ton of information in terms of the um the, the classes that were given, granted, at this point, because there was such a change with 4.01, how much more are we really going to see by the time Cata comes out? I'm thinking yeah. next to nothing. And we've already had so much communication about the classes. There isn't a whole lot left to do. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk now about the Q&A for the raids and dungeons. So what did you take from this? This one actually interested me a lot more than I thought it would. As when I'm playing World of Warcraft, I run an instance once, maybe twice per character, do the quests, and call it done. I'm not really one for endlessly running instances over and over again. It's just not how I like to enjoy the game. So it shocked me that I found so much interesting out of this one. And of course, the first and foremost is the new map system, which is great. (laughs) Taking something as simple as a map and upgrading that... It's just one of those nice little details that makes Blizzard so good at what they do. Well, that was point blank st- stolen from Atlas, but I mean, well, how much stuff? Hey, listen, <laughs> I, I actually like to play the game with as few add-ons as possible. I don't like all this crap all over my screen. I don't like so many buttons going on. So anytime I can remove an add-on from my folder, I like that. I don't care if Blizzard ripped it off. It's, it's one less thing I have to worry about. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. The only problem I've had with that is when they are, they they rip off a mod, but then they don't make it as good as the mod. The mod is there. You you can see what it's doing. Make yours as good, if not better. I mean, case in point, we've got mods like Voodoo, like Grid, like Healbot that are phenomenal. Or you can use the in-game raid (laughs) buttons that you can't assign anything to. That are absolutely useless. They, I, I will say this though, they look freaking sexy since the change, but they're useless. So yeah, if you're going to do something like this, hopefully this Atlas um, loot mod ripoff is going to be as good, if not better. Yeah, and I'll skip the uh, the new dungeons for now. I'll let you talk about those. But I was very interested in a lot of the changes to the old dungeons because the first my first step into Cataclysm is going to be with a level one character. I'm not going in with a level 80. So I'm going to be seeing everything from the bottom up. So hearing about the changes to Dead Mines, Shadow Fang Keep, even Maradon and Uldeman, which I haven't run in four years yeah. <laughs> because I have better things to do with three hours. <laughs> so it, it's nice that they're they're streamlining everything. They're realizing, okay, this we, we went a little crazy with the design. We, we made it as cool as possible. Uh, we're going to, okay, we're going to take out the entire top floor of Sunken Temple. Nobody needs that thing. And just a lot of the nice little changes, splitting Maradon and Old Man up into two separate wings in addition to streamlining them. But uh, having the graveyards right outside the portals, uh, having all the quest givers actually right inside the instances of having to run all over freaking Azeroth trying to get quests for stockades. <laughs> And after all that, Black Rock Depths is still a freaking mess. <laughs> I see. I'm, I'm kind of torn about this simply because I actually do run instances a lot, and I'll run them with all of my characters, uh, my alts as I'm playing them. So I've I've run these things over and over again. Now, granted, some of these when you're doing the looking for group uh, random, it is way shortened than what you would have done previously with your your gill kind of thing. Um, but I really, really enjoyed some of them. Like as much as people complain about Marauding, you know what? I remember back in the day when I used to run a, a smaller guild and we were all really good friends and 
we had Sunday morning runs because two of the people that I game with were uh, a couple from uh, Rhode Island. And then there was one younger guy who I believe he was in Texas. And then we'd, we'd have a random other guildy join us as well but we were never at loss for that fifth person and every sunday morning we would have a mara run just for the fun of it and it was a blast so i have a lot of attachment to those those instances so when they're saying that they're they're going to be like some of them is going they're they're, they're it's going to disappear like the sunken temple stuff i'm thinking i kind of like those levels i <laughs> i enjoyed that yes it's hard but in a game that is taking away so many aspects that are more difficult of the game keeping in uh, an instance even if it is a pain in the ass to, to go around sometimes like whale and caverns i mean yes it's a pain in the ass but when you run it enough times you you get to know the the, the lay of the land it's not that big a deal but that's it's not it's it doesn't have to all be easy mode you know what i mean so i kind of was i don't know I'm, I'm not as thrilled about that myself well if they're redesigning everything outside of the dungeons they, they have to give the players an incentive to go back into the dungeons and a lot of people are more on my side of the fence than they are on yours I, i've done maradon enough times i don't want to look at the thing again so this is a nice incentive for the people who are playing the new levels 1 to 60 experience to see the new dungeon experience as well but i think that with looking for group and this is the last thing i'll say because i am certainly not arguing your point um with the new looking for group everybody's running them anyways so it's not a I'm huge not. deal I, I well let's <laughs> most people are because you can level so much faster right now doing uh, randoms than you can actually going out and doing stuff on your own so i can see it from the perspective of a guild that does a lot of guild runs then yeah then it's something that's going to make it a lot easier but in terms of the the um the 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 randoms i mean not all of them are kind of shortened but i mean the when you're doing the black rock death stuff <sighs> it's a joke when you're doing it as a random it's an absolute joke so to me that's that's different but anyways let's move away from that um I liked a lot of the stuff that they showed. I like that they're saying that there's, they're going to try for a content or, or a new five man for every content patch that goes up there. That's pretty awesome. That's that's, that's, that's huge. That's yeah. No freaking kidding. That's going to be amazing. Um, they're already talking about what's going to be coming out for 4.1.0, which is Firelands Raid. And then they're talking about 4.1, the Abyssal, Abyssal, Abyssal Maw. Um, uh, Firelands is just going to be showing Ragnaros again in his glory, basically one-shotting you to death. Uh, it, they're, they're redesigning it so that, again, Ragnaros is going to be the badass that he's supposed to be. So that's going to be cool because right now you go into Molten Core, it's, I mean, if you've got a decent group with you and it doesn't even have to be a full group, just a couple of guys that are well decked out, Ragnaros is really not that big a deal to take down anymore. So to see something like this where they're going to bring him back to the glory he's supposed to be, that's kind of cool. And then um, the other one is going to be something where, I like how they say nothing like the Oculus. <laughs> <laughs> get that uh, out of the way first yeah so it's gonna be a, a four boss dungeon they're I, they really didn't give that much information at least in from what i've read about them um when they're saying it's the elemental plane of water well again they're really i'd like to see more about 
it in terms of what it's going to entail and, and whatnot. But I mean, it, we'll, we'll see that soon enough, actually. Um, what else did we see here? The... They're, oh, the the raid mechanics were in. They're going to be giving you boss tips, which kills me. <laughs> so, so there you go. That's deadly Stand boss mods right the there. Fire. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're in the green stuff. Step away. But yeah, they're going to be giving you tips. But they were saying that they don't want to make it that simple. That they're basically telling you the entire boss fight, but they'll be giving you tips. So it'll be interesting to see. But again, if you're using deadly boss mods, which is what most people use, you get told. Like, I mean, even headless horsemen start shooting at the head, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop shooting at the horsemen. And uh, so, yeah, this will be it, it's going to be replacing essentially that mod to a certain degree. If they can also add in other functions from deadly boss mods in terms of the, the countdown timers and whatnot for different things. And that'll that'll help a lot. You see anything else in there? No, I think that about covers me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's time to move on because we're holy crap! It's already seven thirty. We gotta move on to some BlizzCon news for StarCraft. StarCraft. So I'm gonna let you tackle this one. All right. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about with StarCraft. Really, the big draw of StarCraft at BlizzCon was the live tournament they did, which I actually have not seen any of the footage of yet, but I've heard about it, and it sounds pretty awesome. But we did get some nice reveals from Blizzard in their custom map category. They showed off four custom maps that they're working on, and we're going to skip the big one for now, save that for the end, and just really getting into that Blizzard lightheartedness that that we remember from Warcraft 3 and and all the prior games because the first one they're talking about is called Star Jeweled where it's basically bejeweled with Starcraft you match gems you gain energy from matching the gems and then you use the energy to summon in units or use abilities and whoever can match their gems the fastest and build the biggest army wins cool like definitely a nice twist something new and different for Starcraft uh we saw <laughs> this is so funny, especially with the logo. Left to die. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, their pun on Left 4 Dead. And how it takes the Outbreak mission from the StarCraft II campaign, which was one of the highlights of the campaign. Very cool. You have uh, the you know, heat of the sun. Oh, you know what okay. I, I think is great about this is that with all the ch the chatter lately about the defense of the ancients and for because Valve is trying to get the trademark on this, this yeah. was a nice little kind <laughs> of jab at them. I thought it was yeah. hilarious. And, and OK, so the outbreak mission, you're on this planet where the, the sun is too hot and the enemies can't come out in the daylight or they'll burst into flames. However, at night, all hell breaks loose. So what they've done is take this mission and make it co-op and feel with that same left for dead survival style. You have to head out during the daytime, destroy as much of the enemy as possible earn points that you can then use to spend on defensive upgrades for your little your little base and then try to survive the waves of hordes of undead that come at you during the night phase very fun really look forward to doing that one co-op <laughs> and then the absolute funniest of the bunch ire chef <laughs> where you play as zealot warrior chefs <laughs> and it's it's a traditional starcraft style battle where in each round, they give you secret ingredients that you have to go gather from throughout the map. So you have to fight it out with your enemy or your opponent, trying to collect the ingredients. Whoever gets the most ingredients and prepares the most dishes wins. Just a nice, again, twist on the core gameplay. Which brings us to non-core gameplay for StarCraft II and takes us back to the Warcraft three days of 
Defense of the Ancients, or Dota, as it just become called these days, with Blizzard Dota, and how it is going to be five-on-five matchups. Uh, for those that don't know, Dota was a famous Star or Warcraft Three map, uh, focused a lot on hero characters, uh, leveling up, buying items, using skills. Not so much about army management, but about uh, map control and, and just leveling up and working as a team. So Blizzard is bringing us Blizzard All-Stars Dota with characters such as Kerrigan, Raynor, Sylvanas, Muradin Bronzebeard, Stitches, and the always awesome level 80 elite Torin Chieftain. That can't not be awesome. Dude, this is a reason to buy for me right now. This is a reason to buy because I still haven't picked up StarCraft 2. This really got my interest. Yeah, I, I, I never really was into the Defense of the Ancients thing. I'd prefer the, you know, the core strategy experience. Uh, I just never really liked the gameplay. But obviously, there's millions of people out there that do. And it's a nice, like, like we were talking, a jab back at Valve because oh. Valve is working on a game they are so cleverly calling Dota 2. They've, they've taken the Defense of the Ancients from Warcraft 3, basically slapping a fresh coat of paint on it, giving it some, you know, non-Blizzard uh, controlled uh, graphics and releasing it as a whole new game. And I loved the quote by uh, Rob Pardo, vice president for Blizzard, when he says, Valve is usually so pro-mod community. And by releasing Dota 2, that means that you're really taking it away from the Blizzard and Warcraft 3 community. And that just doesn't seem the right thing to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, it's true, too. Like, really, it makes absolutely no sense. It's not theirs. This was the Blizzard community that did this. So yeah, it's not me, even Blizzard. It's yeah. Blizzard's community. Yeah. So this really was a slap in the face. But I thought it was hilarious them doing this. And then what I thought was even funnier was this picture from BlizzCon. <laughs> <laughs> with Gabe Newell sitting down and playing Dota, the Blizzard version at BlizzCon. That was cool. That was <laughs> that was very cool. Okay, is that everything you got to say about StarCraft? Because we got to move on to Diablo 3. Just going to make it quick. Uh, they have said all of those custom maps will be available for free. And uh, with, since we're running low on time, I'm going to skip the other StarCraft panel. But it was a lot of uh, really great advice from higher tiered players, some of the best players in the world, to newer opponents. Um, if you guys are having trouble with StarCraft 2, definitely look up the Secrets of the Masters panel. It gives a lot of great tips for newer players. Okay, let's talk about Diablo 3. We're actually not going to talk too, too much about it because we're going to discuss it at length more in our lore edition, which is going to be coming up shortly. Or which, if you're listening to the downloaded copy, you're going to be able to uh, just download the lore edition, the newest one. We won't talk about the big news, which was, of course, the Demon Hunter reveal. We'll actually cover that in depth in our lore edition. But let's just talk about some of the other stuff that came out for Diablo 3 that was announced. Um, we'll talk first about the battle arenas. Now, what they're planning on doing with uh, Diablo 3 versus what they did with Diablo 2 is they're separating PvE and PvP completely. If you want to PvP against anybody else, you're going into these arena battles. You're not going to be doing it out in the open like you were able to do in Diablo 2. So that means now that because the uh, because they're separating it so much, they're going to be able to make it so that your skills that you're going to have 
are going to be slightly different based on whether you're PVEing or PVPing. So that means they're not going to have to be balancing out your abilities based on one versus the other. They point blank said they're not going to do that. So they've said that they're not going to be doing, they have no plans of implementing any kind of dual spec like we're seeing in WoW, but rather that if you have a good PVE spec, then you should be, you should have a good PVP spec as well, but it is going to be slightly different. And I love that because I'm tired of while being screwed up because of that balance that they try to find between PVE and PVP. Especially when it just can't be done. <laughs> yeah. So that was very cool. Now the arena battles is really awesome as well, because again, it is something where in it's, it's, if you want to do it, you can. And if you don't have any interest in PVPing, then it's not like you have to find a different realm, like in WoW, that's either PVE or PVP. If you want to PVP, boom. So if you're going in, you're going to be with other people that feel the same. Um, I really like this. I, I think that if they make the arenas something that are challenging enough and fun and, and whatnot, then I can find, I, especially as you're getting on towards the end of the content for the game and you just want to have fun with your character kind of thing, definitely, I can see myself doing this a lot. Although in one of the reviews that I read online, I can't remember who it was from, but they had some hands-on time in Arena Battles. And what they were saying is that as it stands right now, because of how flashy people's skills are right now, the screen was literally just a mess of ability Abilities, very colorful abilities and what's happening as well which we'll touch on in a moment is as you're applying different uh, runes and whatnot that are changing the look of your spells then it is really becoming a jumbled mess on the screen during these <laughs> pvp battles um i'm sure that it, like they were saying too as you get used to what your character's abilities look like and and other ones through experience then it's not as bad but as it stands now it, it, it's a mess yeah, I just want to see one addition to the arena system, and that's hardcore arena. Well, <laughs> you lose an arena match, your character's gone to start from scratch, Jimmy. No, no, they already <laughs> said that, actually. Although oh, what they, they, they said that if your character is a hardcore character, then if they die in an arena match, that's it. You're great. It's so, dead. So, so that the hardcore team that's at the top of the heap has really earned it. That's that's awesome. Yeah, but <laughs> those are going to be I I'm sorry, but if I'm playing a hardcore tune and I'm leveling it up and I've gotten up to, you know, even level 50 or something, I ain't going in no PVP battle. That is not going to happen because uh, it opens up that, you, that aspect to, uh, to people who do want to do that. Oh, and I'm sure my, it will be tremendously successful. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Cause everybody dies and they're all like, think about the amount of lag there's going to be in these fights, especially if your computer can't handle all of the spells in terms of the graphics behind it. I mean, all it takes is one bad second of lag and your hard cartoon that you've been working months for is gone. Oh my God. No, I don't want to you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay. So that was, uh, I mean, there's, we got information in terms of the matchmaking and the ranks and all that, but we're not going to waste too much time on that because we're going to cover some of the um, the actually no we're going to talk about some of the the Q and A that they talked about. Let me just find the appropriate page here because I have it somewhere. No, I don't. But we found out more information. Oh, there it is. 
Yeah, it, we yes. found out different information in terms of your character traits that you're going to have, as well as the talisman that you're going to be able to carry around as well. Thank God. You got no kidding. <laughs> and the runes and what those mean for your character. So let's start with the um, the traits, first of all, and then we'll move on from there. So actually, I'll let you take this. Well, uh, they, they, they have a nice distinction now between skills and traits, your combat abilities and your passive abilities, because it, at least for me playing Diablo 2, the most effective, 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 the most effective and efficient way to build a character was pick one or two core combat skills and then just load up the rest of your points into your passive abilities become as strong offensively or as unkillable as possible we're really focusing all your points on one or two attacks so blizzard has taken that mentality out of diablo 3 and separated the points between the skills your combat abilities and your traits the traits again Passive bonuses, uh, defensive modifiers, a movement speed, you know, you name it, I'm sure it's in there. And then your active skills are, they kind of take a, a Guild Wars approach of you have seven skills. That's it, seven. And for each slot, it looks like uh, from, you have this little menu said, okay, for this slot, you can choose from these three skills. For this slot, you can choose from these skills. So it's going to be very unique from character to character how you build your uh your character. God, that was awful. <laughs> it it kind of was, but you got the point across. Yes. I, I find it very interesting because it is so much like Guild Wars and Guild Wars has taken so much heat as has Guild Wars 2 for the restriction of your skills. And yet here we're seeing Blizzard doing the same thing. But I think that it works with how they're trying to make D3 so unbelievably simple to play mm -hmm. and that's one of the overlying themes that we saw over and over again in all of the D3 panels it's how they want this to be so simple and that's why they're not allowing mods and different things UI mods so that you can mess with their design they want to keep everything simple so seven skills though is really that <laughs> that's well, quite simple <laughs> How many did you use, honestly, in Diablo 2 on any one character? Well, see, that I'm not disagreeing with you on, on, on that. It, it's going to depend on what the abilities are and in terms of how they work together as well. I can see it working because, again, I didn't mind it as much in Guild Wars. And having seen what we have so far of Guild Wars 2, it looks like it's going to work. So I, I don't have as much of a problem with it. However, I, I'm quite certain there's probably a lot of people who do. Yeah, screw them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they disagree with us, they must be wrong. Yeah, well, there is that. Um, talismans, like we said, too, are all going to be in one... What did they... How did they describe it? In it's just some little UI UI element, yeah. Kind of like your keychain in, in WoW kind of thing. It's going to be one little thing that holds all of your talismans. So that's not taking up your, your inventory space. Now, that being said, though, they've said your inventory is going to be massive, that's kind of cool. Plus, they're planning a um, kind of like the the chest for your entire account that you can just drop stuff so that you don't have to have a mule. So that's going to be cool as well. So I really quite like that. The interesting thing that they discussed, though, was the skills ruins. These are cool because what they're going to do is they're going to take one of the skills that your class has and just change it in terms of 
it, it it may change it actually quite a bit. Like it, one of the abilities that they were talking for the Widge, the Wizard's Hydro is that you can actually use a ruin that then changes it instead into a firewall. You've just really changed what that skill is now. So when it's changing your ability that drastically, again, your Fire Hydra is shooting it out the 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 balls of fire randomly at different areas whereas your firewall is just boom firewall so you're looking at making substantial changes but that there is then going to allow you to have taking into account your traits your skills and then what runes you choose you're really going to be able to have a character that is very different from most out there yeah it's just and what they say it's 97 billion different combinations <laughs> Yeah, so they they talked about, um, say, with the Witch Doctor, you can either blow a dart or add fire damage to the dart. It steals mana for the dart. It slows a target or it adds multiple darts. Or it blows a freaking snake that stuns the target. (laughs) Dude! Uh, Yeah, really, really nice creativity there. I wonder how long it took them to come up with five separate effects for each skill in the game. Well, it seems like everybody's going to want to go with the coolest one. Case in point, Barbarian, you throw a corpse instead of a weapon. (laughs) Come on. Tell me somebody doesn't want to do that. That makes you want to play a Barbarian right there. Especially if they they have a class with a nice corpse explosion skill this time around. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, a lot of very cool information in terms of the skill ruins. And uh, I'll put the... (laughs) You'll have to listen to the outtakes to know what that means. Uh, I'll put actually the link to that in the show notes just so that you can all check it out because it is definitely worth reading. Okay, with that, we're actually going to call it a night. Make sure to download the latest episode of the Lore Edition because we're going to be covering a lot more BlizzCon news. We're going to cover a lot of the Demon Hunter news as well from Diablo 3. With that, we will talk to you guys next week. And then the one you have there is the Starcraft. Hey, give me, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, okay. I need to do okay. this first. <laughs> <laughs> you think far too highly of me to think that I can do two things at the same time. Hold on. Is that you or your dog? What's that? What I'm you? hearing some sniffing or something going on over there. <laughs> well, I was sniffling a little, but not a lot. But the mic picks up everything, so. Yeah. Tick. Tick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about my breathing? Christ, all I can hear is you breathing. It's probably the fan again. Hold on. No, it's you. It's you. Oh, you sure? <laughs> While you're typing. <laughs> Make fun of me, you bastard. I mean, you spend that much to download that many gigs? Shit should yeah. work. <laughs> None of this crap of it. No. <laughs> Dear Blizzard, please read. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of bandwidth, dude. I went five gigabytes over my bandwidth because your freaking Mac version didn't work. (laughs) You owe me $7.50. It's a buck 50 per gig. This is for Guild Wars 1. You get the achievements. Cooks. See, this is what happens when you tune in late and you just don't listen. You get the achievements and through the Hall of Monuments for Guild Wars 1, and it's going to unlock stuff for you for Guild Wars 2. Hoogs, you need two names. Your character has to be two names. Unless it's Ho Ogs. Oh, come on. I did Sam Odian. <laughs> yeah, that's sad, dude. That's really. Try Race All. Okay. Nope. 
Either like that or sun. if it's if it's been yeah. Ray of Sunshine. Yeah, that's what you are, Hoogs. <laughs> Ray of goddamn sunshine up our asses. Um depending on when the last time was that you logged in, it may not be there. You're not paying attention to me. See, this is why people ugh, I give up. Really changed because again, your Hydra, you are shooting balls of fire at a whole bunch of different... What did I say? Rune. What? Rune. Who, who are you talking to? Rune. Rune. I said Rune. Rune. I said Rune. <laughs> Freaking Canadians. Rune. You're saying Rune. No, I didn't. I said Rune. Rune. Yeah, you're, you're saying it weird. <laughs> okay, this is all getting edited out. Yeah, Jack I know. Ass. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for that. Um. Anyway... And with that, I'm quickly, it's Rune. Rune, what, what is wrong with you? You say it. Rune. Rune. That's what I'm saying. No, you're putting, you're putting a little, you're putting a little emphasis on the, on the middle vowel sound and it's sounding a little weird in Canadian. It's, what, have you ever even been to Canada, <laughs> numbnuts? I'm getting a drink. Actually, yes, I have. I doubt it. Probably only I've been to, to Niagara Falls. Red Lake District in Montreal. <laughs> I'm gone. Stop talking. <laughs>